Chances are, you have no clue who Jane Galuzzi is. And in a normal world where states followed the Constitution, a courageous character like her wouldn't need to exist. In a normal world, Jane Galuzzi would be content enjoying her practice as a certified hypnotherapist, helping her patients overcome their innermost fears. But unfortunately, this is not a normal world. It's not a normal America. This is Biden's America. And your First Amendment rights have been trampled on to keep you safe from a virus that has a 0.0285% chance of killing you. To put that in context, you have a better chance of dying from a lightning strike while riding your bike backwards blindfolded. So what did Jane Galuzzi do to garner the hatred of so many? The unthinkable. Now, before you jump to conclusions, Jane didn't burn down a business or poo down a statue of a historic Democrat to save us all from white supremacy. And she did not organize an insurrection in an attempt to overthrow our democracy. No, Jane Galuzzi had the audacity to enter into a bank, a bank which her great-grandfather founded without a mask. Ironically, since Jane Galuzzi was not dressed to rob a bank, she was not allowed to access her own money. I could get into the details of what transpired that day, but I'll let her say it in her own words. But since then, Jane's story has circulated throughout Hawaii, primarily through social media, and the predictable, compliant mass brigade has come out to feast, bullying her from every angle without knowing who she is or the full story. I believe she deserves to be heard. This is America, after all. Her interview right after these messages. Hey, what's going on, everyone? It's scriptwriter Steve with a shameless plug for my company, Dream Weddings Hawaii. So, if you want to get married in Hawaii, if you want to get your vows renewed in Hawaii, and if you want some family pictures in Hawaii, make sure you check me out. So, my website is dreamweddingshawaii.com. So, that's dream, weddings with a S, Hawaii spelled out, dot com. So welcome back to Barbecue to Movies. This is scriptwriter Steve. I have the opportunity here to sit across from Jane Galuzzi, who I really didn't know until maybe earlier this week. She was a complete stranger to me. And then through a friend of mine, her Instagram story popped up onto my, I guess, my, I guess my feed or somehow. I'm not sure how it <laughs> happened. And uh, I took a risk. I wrote her a message because I thought... Her story needed to be told in complete context. I saw her getting attacked online by a lot of, I, I can assume that they're left-leaning liberals. I can kind of assume that they were calling her every single racist name out there. I think some of them call you a Karen. 100%. I, yeah, I, Karen I think was so. used. Karen was used, um, <laughs> even though her name isn't Karen. And uh, she's not 100% white. Yeah, <laughs> yeah uh -huh. She's not 100% white. And I wanted her to give her the opportunity to explain 
her story to you in complete context. So just in case you want to hate on her, you can hate on her for all <laughs> the right reasons, right? We'll, we'll just give them a reason to hate you, but at least they're a little more accurate. Yeah, right? let's be accurate with the jokes. I appreciate some good humor. I want to hear some good ones. Really good ones. So if they're going to slight you or anything <laughs> like that, you know, let's just make sure they do it all correct, right? Yeah, please. So Jane, thank you so much for being on the show and so much for this opportunity. So why don't we just start from the very, very beginning, before this entire event happened over in Bank of Hawaii. Bank of Hawaii, correct? Bank of Hawaii, yeah. Bank of Hawaii. Why don't we just take a step back into the history, into the past. You're from Hawaii. Yeah. From went to California. So how, how far do you want to, where, do you, where should we start? Let's start from the beginning. Okay. Uh, no, we'll start from my upbringing in politics. And my family was very Republican. You know, my auntie is Linda Lingle, so I was very immersed in running her campaign, helping her become governor. You know, I must have been around 10 years old at the time. So I was very immersed in that scene. And that was my introduction into politics outside of school and what they taught you. And then I moved to Los Angeles and Los Angeles is a very democratic place, very influenced by pop culture, celebrities, all of those things. And it was very much into Obama because I went in 2008 to college. And to be honest, I wasn't really involved in politics. I, you know, I just knew that he went to Punahou and everyone from Punahou was really excited about him being elected. And that was the year I graduated high school. So it was like, wow, I graduated high school from Punahou and a Punahou person got elected as president of the United States. And now I'm going to college and I'm an adult and I'm going to become my own person too. And I can do anything. So it was really that motivational push like wow you know one of someone from my alma mater is president it didn't really matter what his politics were because yeah it was just like an identity thing it was connected to my high school i see i see that's really so now when it fast forward to trump trump and hillary clinton now what was your opinion on donald trump at that time I knew him from The Apprentice. I had watched that show growing up and I thought he was a pretty ballsy businessman and pretty entertaining in the reality TV show world. As far as his politics, I really didn't know anything about it. I assumed he was a really good businessman. And I did know about Hillary Clinton and a lot of the shady things that were going on with her. So I didn't feel great about her as a candidate. But again, like I said, I didn't even vote in that election, so I didn't have a voice and I just figured I'd sit back and let everyone else handle it because, again, I didn't know about politics. So when you didn't know about politics, were you saying that you were not even aware of what Democrats stood for or conservatives stood for? You were just completely in the dark. I mean, I wasn't completely in the dark. I knew my mom uses this great analogy where it's, you know, if there is a person that needs money, like a Democrat would probably give the person the money, whereas a Republican would say, hey, my lawn needs to be mowed, and they would have them mow the lawn, and then they would give them the money. So it's that let's earn our keep by contributing, by running a business and doing that versus, okay, this person needs money, let's give them a handout. And that was kind of my perspective of... Democrat and Republican was that one was very much about taxing people and then taking that money and then putting it into different projects to help people. And Republicans were more focused on earning your own money and then, you know, deciding what to do with it. And Americans in general, now I know, are the most philanthropist people on the planet. They give away so much money compared to other countries. So why not let people have, you know, their earnings and decide which corporations and which nonprofits they want to donate it to? Uh, okay, so yeah. everyone's head had already yeah. exploded in 2020 and they were really adamant about orange man bad, get him out. And, you know, what happened was 2019 was COVID. And so I was living in Los Angeles. I already had planned to leave because I wasn't happy there. And 
Uh, I was getting so confused by everyone's reaction with COVID and Trump had these really long speeches. You know, he's talking for an hour or two hours every single day, giving updates about everything going on. And I just noticed a dissonance of like, what is the media saying? And then what is Trump saying? And I wasn't working. So I sat there and I watched him speak every day for two hours and it just dawned on me. You know, this guy is actually speaking some truth here and the media is not representing it. They're not reporting it accurately. And I was a communications major in college. I wrote at the newspaper. I wrote at the newspaper at Punahou. So I understand the, how you can report things. I worked in the opinion column of all places. Mm. And it really didn't strike me as ethical, as transparent, as something that I aligned with. And then I saw my friends, instead of taking the time to watch Trump speak for one to two hours, just taking these little clips of his information that were totally taken out of context and running with them and being so emotionally triggered that they were angry, upset, and just divisive against him. Like, orange man bad, he's got to be out of office, all of this stuff. And I would even tell them, you know, I think that the media is misreporting this. You should actually watch the whole thing. And even when I first started watching the whole thing, I was so immersed in the media and the culture of Los Angeles. I felt physically tense and tight watching Trump because I had been so conditioned to think that he was this evil person that was terrible and ugly. And I didn't really know much about him. And then when I did stick through that and really listen to what he had to say, I felt like there was a lot of truth behind it. So let me um, try to back up here. So he got elected in 2016. Um, he beat Hillary Clinton. Even after he won, you still were not a supporter of Donald Trump. And well, you weren't really into politics, even though after he won. Yeah, correct? I wasn't. I was happy. I was making money. I felt good. I was like, you know, things don't seem so bad. I don't really know what's going on. I did see my friends posting stuff about him that was negative. I didn't really see anyone posting anything positive about him. So it was just, I think it was the culture I was immersed in. You know, I was in Los Angeles, the belly of the beast. So let me <laughs> ask you this. Um, well, I lived in California, too, before. I know how ex extremely liberal the people there, the Everyone around you is just extremely yeah. liberal, extremely angry, extremely fearful there. Uh, it's a very unhealthy place to live if you yeah. are mentally unstable. That's why so many people there are on so many different psychotic drugs out there. I mean, they're either doping themselves on illegal drugs or doping themselves on prescription drugs, mm -hmm. which is so sad. It's really, I find it really, really sad. Um, did you find your friends, I guess, at this time... Um, Oh, boy, I don't want to put you on the spot here. What was their opinion on Donald Trump? I mean, were they, were they just extremely angry at Donald Trump where you felt that they were just out of their mind? Uh, yeah. I mean, out of their mind. I mean, they They're, didn't know my politics at all. Like I said, I wasn't very political. Yeah. And they would come over to my apartment and just be screaming about Trump and how much they hated him and da-da-da-da-da and that he was the worst person ever and they if they saw a Trump supporter they would just call that person stupid and dumb and oh my god this and that and that's also another thing I noticed that people were very much into attacking Trump and the Republican side but they weren't willing to look at Biden through the same lens and Biden was not someone who had a very colorful or positive history in pol politics and there were literal videos videos of him using certain words that you shouldn't be using and oh, yeah. yeah as a sitting senator okay so to say to one politician hey why are you saying this and not say it to the other to me that was again not authentic not transparent it was so unaligned with my values that it just made me skirt away from biden so much more because his supporters were just 
in LA, it was all blue no matter who. And then they kept saying, we're gonna hold them accountable if we vote them into office. And to this day, I don't see any of my friends holding them accountable that voted for him, that promoted his platform on their social media, all of these things. And that's very disheartening to me because they were quick to judge Trump and say all these negative things. But then when the shoe's on the other foot, they just are like, whatever. I don't care. So from my, ex my experience, um, a lot of my very extreme liberal friends have unfriended me in real life. Yeah, it's, it's like, yeah, it's I mean, been happening. Th these to are <laughs> friends that I've known for a very long time since yeah. childhood. And just because, I mean, I'm not sure if you are a Trump supporter or, or, yeah. or are you undecided? I'm an independent. independent. I've always been because I've just been around people who are so on one side or the other. Yeah. And it makes me very uncomfortable. Like I appreciate ideas and if it fits my ideology, I love it. And that's why I like being independent because I So don't... you're open to even voting for a Democrat or voting for any type of party if you feel that candidate is, I guess, giving, like, doing their best to, and they agree with your personal views, correct? Yeah, I'm open. Right. Yeah, you're completely open. Yeah. 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 Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. Now, is there anything else you want to tell about your, I guess, before we get into the main storyline of what happened just recently? Yeah, I mean, I would like to just share that I've had such a different perspective of this whole COVID situation, the masking, because like I said, I was planning to leave LA in July of 2019 and COVID erupted and I moved into my camper van with my boyfriend and we traveled around the US the first... Before COVID? Once COVID had already hit, so... Oh, once COVID, you guys were like van people. Yeah, we were van people. Oh, so man, that is cool. COVID started ramping up in March, uh -huh. and then the shutdowns were happening. And then in July, we had planned on moving out of our apartment completely and going into the van for van life. And so that was already on the books. And COVID obviously mm -hmm. just made it a perfect decision because LA was shutting down. It wasn't fun to be there. And so we got in the camper van, and we started hitting up different states. We went to Colorado. We went wow. to Wyoming. We went to South Dakota. We went to Montana. Have? We had a converted Dodge van and it had you know like the van i just pulled up in uh, your van is way newer ours oh. was maybe in 1998 so much older wow. but it had been converted by this woodworker i mean yeah. there was amazing cabinets in it. it had a shower a toilet a stove it was fully converted it had a bed that turned into couches it was really nice and we went to all these different places and one of the ones that i'll highlight is south dakota because they didn't mm -hmm. have any restrictions and we were coming from a place with heavy restrictions and to go there and see everything open everyone happy everyone maskless really changed my perspective on the whole situation so when did you go to south dakota do you re do you remember what month was it, was it during in, the height of covid it was in november so is that during, I'm not sure, I can't remember, was that when COVID was on the downswing or actually in the in the midst of COVID? I mean, I you know. Midst, I think the summertime was in the midst of COVID, right? I think March was the, the lockdown. So November, people are, it's kind of opening up at that time, but it's not yet. Oh, let me right? actually think it was, I was think it? September. Yeah, September, it, was the, September? it was the peak. Yeah, yeah it, so was it, was, the, it was the peak because that's football. I'm, yeah. I'm trying to remember football season here. <laughs> I, I'm thinking, okay, football season is going on. There was no one in the stadiums at that time. Yeah, yeah. So, it was. I think it was September because then we were in Montana in October. So, so uh, you got yeah. to see every single state, um, kind of like how they how they treated COVID, right? One, some are more were more locked down than others. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. And people were messaging me from Hawaii and. 
California just saying, oh my gosh, your trip looks so amazing. You're so free. We're not wearing masks. And it was the total opposite because we'd be in the grocery store in South Dakota and there'd be one person wearing a mask and people would look at me and point at the person with the mask and kind of give me an eye like, oh, look at that silly person with the mask on. <laughs> and it's the complete opposite here where, you know, if you're not wearing a mask, you get oh, yeah. attacked and yeah. no one's just doing a silly thing like, haha, look at that person. It's like screaming at me and attacking me. Yeah. Literally, verbally. It's completely 180 degrees here. Yeah. Or I don't know what to even call it. It's 180, I mean, it, they're spinning their heads on a top right now because you can't walk around anywhere without a mask and without people getting, you know, kind of freaked out. Even if you're outdoors, yeah. they'll get, people will get freaked out on that. They'll ask me, I mean, they've asked me, where's my mask outdoors? Even though it's not even mandated outdoors. It's really crazy. Oh, yeah. So South Dakota was the most free state, I guess, in your van life trip. Yeah, it was amazing there. A beautiful state. I highly recommend going there and checking out the parks, the national parks there. They're just, they have these quartz rocks that are just almost like veins running through the mountain. You get to hike through them. It's gorgeous. And the people were so happy because they didn't have masks on. They weren't in any of this craziness. And yeah, then we ended up, you know, our trip ended in October. It was getting pretty cold in the van and I decided to move home to Hawaii. And it was like culture shock because everyone was so consumed with wearing the mask and what are we going to do? So you came from actually stuff. from van life back to Hawaii. Yeah. So van life is all, it's all about freedom, right? Yeah. I mean, it's like freedom, freedom, freedom. Yeah. And then you come down to Hawaii and then what, ha like, what is your first, I guess your first experience here? When you, I mean, did you not know to walk around with a mask on? I mean, I mean. I, well, when I first came back to Hawaii, they were doing the, I believe it was 10 days quarantining. And I, we got in a, car accident with a drunk driver they had hit us and so it was a very last minute like okay I'm moving back to Hawaii thing because I didn't really have a place and the car needed to be repaired so I came here and I didn't even get a test or do any of that stuff so they told me I had to quarantine so I spent you know two weeks at my mom's house and the attorney general came and checked on me made sure what? that I was there what? yeah so wow you know that wow. it was actually pretty fine the attorney general <laughs> He came to my house, yeah. Personally, to enforce their, I guess, their lockdown rules. I mean, he has no yeah. right. I mean, what if you weren't there? I mean, he has no right to, like, you know, arrest you or fine you or anything like that. I mean, the Attorney General of the State of Hawaii. Yeah, he came to my door. Trying to enforce he... his own laws. Wait, mandates, right? Not laws. Right, right? yeah. And, you know, now in... In retrospect, we all know that the mandates are not a law no. and you don't need to follow any of this stuff. Uh, but at the time, you know, I, I wasn't even aware of what was going on in Hawaii. I'd been in a camper van for three months and I was just like, okay, I'm at home following your rules. So when you were in the camper van, um, did you have any access to television or anything with the news? Did you have any idea what was going on regarding COVID or were you, or were you just completely unplugged? We were unplugged for the most part, but we would check back in here and there when we were at RV parks, charging up our van. We'd do, you know, some movies and TV. We had our phones. It was nothing crazy, but we would check in and just say, oh my gosh, the world is going crazy. We're so glad we're outside of LA. And before I moved back to Hawaii, actually, I went to LA for a second and I was at Malibu Beach and there's a lifeguard yelling at a surfer to come inside because of COVID, I didn't understand anything that was happening. It was so confusing. Yeah. <laughs> so while you were gone, um, I'll tell you a really funny story. Yeah. So, so uh, while you were gone, I think a father took his daughter to one of the parks here over in Kaneohe to play with her because she was like just getting, 
she's locked up in her in her house, right? And she just wanted to go to the park to go to play to play yeah. on the swings, right? Just play on the swings with your daughter, right? Aww. And so he takes his um, daughter to the park, and the cops show up and they arrest the father for you know j- just being a father. Now that same day, our mayor, that's Mayor Kirk Caldwell, he issued an order to release certain prisoners or certain, I guess. Um, uh, uh, certain prisoners from, from prison or jail, I'm not sure which one it was and all that, and the ones that he did decide to release, he says were not a menace to society, were not danger, dangerous to anyone in society. One of them which he released was convicted of molesting a child in that same park. Wow. So a father went in there into, into prison or into jail for you know pushing his daughter on swings while a criminal, a sexual molester, you know, got out of jail for molesting someone in the exact same park. Yeah. That's, that's how, <laughs> you know, insane it was while you were gone. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's like jumbo shrimp, right? It makes no sense, right? One's jumbo, one's shrimp. Oh, it, it's, <laughs> it, it, it just blows my mind at all. So anyway, now, why don't we get into your story right here, what, what happened yeah. just recently here, because um, everyone's been living through COVID for a long time. We're all kind of just sick of it. I'm done with it. <laughs> I have so many friends who are just all about the mask, and they're just said, I'm just done with it. Now, let me ask you this. Right now, well, not right now, um, I guess when you, when you first came down here to Hawaii, and you, I guess you got used to wearing the mask, and you were, you, were you complying completely in the oh, very beginning? I never got used to wearing the mask. I hated it the whole time. But did you time. wear a mask at all? I would wear it, yeah, you because I just didn't want to deal with the drama. I didn't want to deal with my family being irritated, and I was kind of assimilating back into living here. I hadn't lived here for 10 years, and I didn't want to create waves. You know, I when I was on the camper van trip, I would argue with people in stores and in Wyoming about it and I was definitely not trying to wear the mask and I would fight people but then when I came back here you know being a local it's such a community vibe that you don't really want to make waves because oftentimes people will say oh I saw you here before people recognize you you visit the same places over and over it's a really small community when you get down to it and I had just come home I was reintegrating into my friend groups that I hadn't seen in 10 years. So I was just like, you know, this is what's going on here as a culture thing and I'll be respectful and I will comply, but I never liked doing it. I hated it the whole time. Now, did you wear those N95 masks, the surgical mask or a cloth mask or a bandana? Uh, I was doing the bandana as much as possible or a scarf. And then I kind of switched to the disposable ones because I kept getting acne because I couldn't wash them fast enough. And that's kind of where I stood at the last masks that I would wear is these, you know, disposable ones. Now... Back up, like, oh, I'm saying, why don't you just fast forward to a little bit before the incident happened over at Bank of Hawaii? Uh, were you, do you still wear a mask? I mean, before then, were you still wearing masks into the supermarket or the mall or anything like that or even a restaurant? You know, what happened was I went to Miami three times uh-huh. during uh, 2021 for different things and was, sur- you know, I went for a music festival. I was surrounded by thousands of people, nothing happened. I went for Art Basel and I went to countless events. Again, nothing happened. I wasn't wearing a mask at these things. And I came back here and it's like we can have 10 people in a party. And I had a small birthday party for myself. Everyone was following the rules, wearing the mask and all the regulations. And I caught COVID and I was like, 
this is is not working for me. So you me. caught COVID while wearing a mask. Yeah, and while we, having a birthday party with yeah. 10 people and following all of the state's rules. And that just showed me the hypocrisy, the hilarity of it, because I never caught COVID when I was around thousands of people in Miami. And So everyone at your birthday party were wearing masks. Yeah, the, I mean, And, and that's know, just so weird, because then you're outside in Florida with thousands and thousands of people, nobody wearing masks, <laughs> and then you don't catch COVID there. Yeah, I mean, you know, we weren't wearing masks at the party, just to clarify, you know, we were all hanging out, but... Yeah. The state said that we can have groups of 10 together and we were hugging and stuff like that, but it was a, just a small group. And I had friends that went out to a concert at um, Toki Monster. She was playing a show and they all caught COVID that day and they said they were all wearing their masks and vaccinated and all that stuff. So it just, it was like a bomb went off the same week and this was December 11th. And then all of us were quarantining for two weeks because we all had COVID and I was like, we all were following the rules. <laughs> and you, you follow, and now, we all got COVID. Now, did COVID hit you pretty hard? I mean, what was the, uh, uh, the symptoms there for you? You know, I had a headache and I was sleeping for two days. And I do live with my grandfather. So I just stayed downstairs. <laughs> I kept asking someone to bring me soup. No one would. So I didn't even eat for two days. I lost like 10 pounds. Well, that's a great I, thing then, right? Yeah. It was a great diet. <laughs> right, right. I got the COVID diet, um, right? I've gained it all back since, so. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just it, I was sleeping a lot, and honestly, I feel great now. I felt I felt like it was an amazing rest for my body, even though the headache was terrible. I, I guess I had a mild case, is what everyone's telling me. Well, you're very young, you're very fit, right? So you're you fall into that category where COVID will not kill you. I think you have a, I think it's a point zero 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 one percent chance of actually dying from COVID. So you you, re, you better really be careful <laughs> and better really just watch out there. I mean, you yeah. you almost got killed by a drunk driver. Your chances of getting killed by a drunk driver are a lot higher than dying from COVID. Yeah, right? yeah, and it's hilarious because speaking of the comments on my page, you know, a lot of people are saying, "Oh, well, you're gonna get COVID and you're gonna go to the hospital and you're gonna take up all this like." resources from the system i'm like i already got covid and i stayed home and i was totally fine i wasn't a burden on society so let's move on from that point please <laughs> okay so now let's get into what happened um with bank of hawaii yeah so let's describe this so when exactly did that happen yeah so that was on january 7th and i was going to the bank my grandpa wanted to go i often go with him and kind of help he's hard of hearing so i'll talk to the tellers and stuff like that for him and you know, we were to go together and I also had some banking to do, which I barely ever had banking to do, but I did that day. And so we went there and it was like a ping went off in my mind on New Year's after having COVID, after having followed all these rules, I was like, I've known for two years that the masks don't work. And now I basically proved it to myself because I caught COVID during masking up and doing all that stuff. So I'm done with it. I just don't want to do this. I hate wearing the mask. It makes me feel claustrophobic. So you decided kind of right then and there, I've had enough of this. That was kind of your line in the sand moment. Yeah. And it was, you know, that was kind of my first time I had gone to Long's or Whole Foods and they didn't hassle me. So I had been going to other places without the mask and I went to Bank of Hawaii and they have a security guard right in the front and he says, put on a mask. I'm standing in the doorway. And I said, no, I'm not going to put on a mask. I want to do my business inside. And they say I have to go stand outside. And one of our liberties is that we're not supposed to be treated differently than other customers based on our belief systems, based on our medical freedoms, based on our religious freedoms. And they wanted me to stand outside. Now, also, let's note that this is a bank. 
So yes. who wants their banking to be done outside where they're getting their money outside and <laughs> exactly. everyone can see them outside? There's a reason why you go inside. There's a reason why ATMs are in these little booth-like structure type shape and they have cameras and all this stuff for your security. And, you know, the security himself is mm -hmm. telling me to go outside and do my banking outside. So that's also a security risk, in my opinion. And that's oh, it is. not it, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And so... But I'm there because I'm a risk to everyone because I just don't have a mask. And mind you, every teller is wearing a mask and they have a giant plexiglass shield mm -hmm. in front of them that's super thick and, and you all can the, barely hear them talking. And all the customers there are wearing masks. So if masks actually worked, right, wouldn't they be protected from the virus? Yeah, exactly. Wouldn't the plexiglass be actually be protected from the virus, right? I mean, you're masked out. Like, what would, what would be the difference? And on top of that, you've already had COVID. Exactly. So it, the logic is not sound. But, you know, I stood outside and I contacted one of my Freedom Fighter friends and said, what do I do? And she said, you know, this is totally illegal what they're doing. Here are your rights. You need to start reading these out to them. And I, you know, tried to read them out to them, but they just closed the door in my face. They wouldn't even talk to me. I kept asking for the manager. They were like, this person is crazy and we're not going to talk to her. And so I just started reading out my rights and saying, this is a violation of this and this and this and this and just listing them all off. And... It was to the point where I had to wait until the security opened the door for another customer and I would read out one of the rights so that hopefully maybe they would hear me inside because they wouldn't come outside and speak to me as a normal human being and even hear where I'm coming from. Like the, they didn't want the information. So the and, branch manager, no, not one teller, no one. They would just treat you as though you're some type, some type of nuisance or oh, some yeah. type of oh yeah, and you know crazy person. They right. would come outside to be like, oh, we need your ID or oh, we need you to sign this. And I would try to talk to them, and they would say, we're done talking to you. We're done talking to you. So I became a transaction for them, and I didn't become a human. And I was dehumanized and disenfranchised as a private citizen of the United States because they were not respecting my rights. And what happened after that was my, I decided to call the police and make a police report to document this incident, which is discrimination. And I think a lot of people get confused with discrimination because it is heavily based on what happened to African-American people, but discrimination has a wide gamut of applications. It's not just for race. It can also be for treating somebody like they're less than because of their belief system, their religion, their medical freedoms, anything like that. It's not just about race. Mm -hmm. And so they were discriminating against me. They were treating me then differently than every other customer there. Because you didn't have some type of cloth over your mouth. Yeah, and they're not my doctor. They're not yeah. my pastor. They're not my mind. And they don't understand my body. And they don't have any right to say that to me. It's a medical intervention. And it's not something that they have a right to tell me to do. And so I got the police to come. You know, I was getting comments from customers telling me that I was going to get them sick, that I was crazy, they didn't want to catch what I have, that I need to get it together. It's been two years, just put on the mask already. And these are very... These are comments that don't take into the, into consideration the fact that humans are very unique. There are people who have autistic children that cannot wear a mask and you're, you know, just saying put on a mask is like you don't know anything about this person. You don't they may look completely normal, but that might not be the case. And people have panic attacks wearing these masks. I have a friend who's a massage therapist and she says she was forced to wear the mask doing the massages and she would have to go outside during work and take a breath because she could feel herself having a panic attack. So that's an example of someone looking completely fine and you not even knowing what they're struggling with in their mind. And I'm a hypnotherapist, so I understand all of this stuff. That's why when I see someone with a mask, I just, I'm like, there must be a reason why I'm not going to tell them, hey, put on a mask. 
like we said, it's been two years. Everyone knows you're supposed to wear a mask. So if they're not, then there must be a reason for that. And I need to respect that. And the act of even asking us to put on a mask violates that because then it puts into question, why am I not wearing a mask? And I don't have to volunteer that information to you because like I said, you're not my doctor, you're not my pastor. You have no right to know any of that. That's a HIPAA violation. And a lot of these companies are asking us to produce our exemptions. Show us this. I don't need to show you anything. This is my right to deny to put on a mask on my body. By law, they're not even allowed to actually ask for your medical records. Exactly. They have no right for your medical records. I mean, you're just trying to withdraw some money or make a deposit, and they're asking for your medical records. Exactly. Yeah, it's almost as bad as when Radio Shack. Remember, sure, you remember Radio Shack? I remember Radio right? Shack. Right? They will ask for like your address when you just buy a pack of batteries. And say, Why do you want to know? I don't want to give you my address. I just want to buy the batteries. <laughs> you're like, this is Let amazing. me go. Let me go. I mean, that was like, you know, an, an experiment into what we're living in now. I mean, I had a huge problem with that. I really don't have a, I mean, I really have a huge problem with what we're doing right now with yeah. all these vaccine passports here it's in amazing. Hawaii. Yeah. Um, I think out of all the states, I think we are the least free here in Hawaii. Oh, yeah. Which yeah. is um, just getting crazy right now. Now, What's happening right now um, regarding, because after that incident happened? Yeah, so I mean, just to wrap it up, yeah. the policeman came, I did a police report, the policeman told me, you know, I got it from here, you can go, and so I have the report number, and then from there, I served an affidavit to Peter Ho, he is the CEO of Bank of Hawaii, and also uh, Kehau Lee, she is the branch manager at the Kaneohe branch where this incident occurred, and this affidavit is a statement of truth. It says, my rights and it lists out the bills of rights that they're violating. It lists out the constitution of Hawaii sections that they're violating. And it says, you know, I don't have to comply with this mandate. The mandate is not a law and I do not have to comply with it. And also you're violating my freedoms. So if you want, you may respond to this affidavit but you must respond in another affidavit, right? Because an affidavit is a notarized statement of truth and it's not just some email. It's more than that. And it was sent by certified mail, so I know that they got it. I got their signatures back and all of that stuff. It's a legal document. And these people will not respond in an affidavit because they cannot defend themselves. And when they do not respond in an affidavit in a certain amount of time, I think it's a little less than a week, then that statement of truth is binding because they had their opportunity to respond and mm -hmm. they are not responding. So from there, they cannot just trample my rights. They had their opportunity. And if they're what they were doing was correct, then they should have responded in an affidavit, but they didn't. So I sent out that affidavit on the 10th, and I, at the same day, I got a letter from them saying that my account is terminated, and their reason was that I was harassing employees and staff with nonverbal and verbal actions, um, which is just not true. I was mm -hmm. harassed originally. I was asked to leave the premises. I was discriminated against. And then in response, I started reading my rights. And in their perspective, me reading my rights. And then in reaction to me reading my rights, customers were harassing me, telling me to wear a mask, telling me to get it together. And I responded by telling them to stop harassing me. But I'm the harasser in this situation. And if I was harassing them also, why did I call the cops? <laughs> Why yeah. would I ever call the cops yeah, exactly. if I was making a stink and I was making trouble? I would leave. I'm not that dumb. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I really agree with your your entire stance. I think you showed tremendous courage that day. Uh, I don't think I have that courage to, <laughs> I mean, for in that same, to be honest, I've, I've gone to the bank tons of times during COVID and I've just complied. 
I, it's I, easier. It's just so much easier to just comply. And I hate wearing masks. I, you know, when I go into Lowe's or like, you know, the mall or anything, you know, even to Long's Drugs, I, I tend not to wear a mask. But when I go into a bank, for some reason, they want me to dress like a bank robber. So I'll put on the, the bandana. Yeah. I mean, it's much easier to rob a bank with a bandana on there. So it's laughable. It's yeah. really great. I mean, it's a really great practice. You know, at one time when you were, I guess, when you were gone during their van life thing, when they insti- instituted the mask mandate, they said that when you go into the bank, to, um, you were to not wear a mask. That was oh, in, wow. yeah, that was in case that you were to actually you know rob the bank. They wow. they would have a picture of your face. But now with everyone wearing a mask, it just doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. It and doesn't make it safer you to take at all. Take off your mask to verify your identity during certain transactions, and you're like, what is they going do? On? Well, that's kind of yeah, weird. Yeah, they've that's... asked me to take off my mask and my glasses and my hat. Yeah. before when I was complying. So it's just this weird thing. Why are they doing this at the bank of all places? So Bank of Hawaii, that was the only place where you got any pushback from anyone? Um, I mean, it. I've gotten pushback before, but usually it's a little bit of pushback and it doesn't go that far. Yeah, Usually a- they cave and they're like, you know what, you can just shop. We're not going to harass you. Okay, so that was back on January 7th, correct? Yeah. January 7th. And we are, what is, what is today? It's the uh, 20th. Is it the 20th or 21st around there? Uh, yeah, we, today's the 21st. The, the 21st. So I do have so, some updates. You yeah. know, I've done this call to action, boycott Bank of Hawaii. We've been calling and complaining. Bank of Hawaii has even changed some of their phone numbers because people have been calling so much. I think that's a win for us, showing that the bank is hearing us. A lot of the rhetoric from the bank was, you know, oh, no one's complained before. Okay, I don't think that's true. You know why? Because I have stories dating back to a year ago in June of last year, even further, saying that the exact same thing happened to them. They did not wear a mask in the bank and then they got a follow-up letter a few days later saying that their account was terminated and it was closed. <laughs> that's I'm I'm not sure how that's even constitutional within their own right. I mean technically this I mean what I'm looking at at it right now is this is cancel the cancel culture at its worst. You yeah. can't have money in a bank you are a paying customer. You can't go there to just withdraw your own money or to deposit or have even have access to your own money. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's all you want. You want access to your own money and you have to wear a mask to have access to your own money. And they're using your money to make more money. More yeah, money. And, I mean, it is yeah. the most corrupt thing I've ever heard in my entire life, if you really think about oh, it yeah. that way. And, and why are they having me stand outside right by the doorway where everyone's walking by me? hearing about what I'm doing with my transactions and my money, it's just totally inappropriate. So were people recording you on video? Oh, yeah, people were filming me. They're, they're trying to get a reaction. They're you trying know, to get you canceled. Let me give everyone a tip. If people are filming you, just use the word harassment. Please stop harassing me. They'll put their phones away very quickly. Yeah, <laughs> so it's January 20th now, and then you, um, you attended a protest rally today? Yeah. And um, did you speak at that rally? I did speak at that rally. I told everyone, boycott Bank of Hawaii, withdraw your money. I had people coming up to me saying, you know, I've been a customer with them for 15 years and I'm withdrawing my money because of this. People are changing their corporate accounts. Their businesses are not going to be running through Bank of Hawaii anymore. This is a movement that they cannot stop and they started. So this is just my response to their behavior. You know, I tried to call the manager. She changed her number. I had to do some digging to even figure out how to get a hold of her. I've left her a message. I'm waiting to hear back from them. And, you know, my account's going to be closed in three days. Now, did you ever think of yourself in this type of... I would say like you're like a heroine in a way. <laughs> I mean, you're, you're a heroine of... 
the anti-mask movement or the freedom rights. Why don't we just call it? It's not, it's not even anti-mask. It's mask. It's more about freedoms, constitutional freedoms. Definitely, yeah. And you're a heroine of that movement right now. I mean, how, did you ever expect yourself to become that type of figure, or or even leading a movement in this very very political way? I mean, you again, you were spoke at a protest rally. Yeah, no. and you're <laughs> anti-political. You're you know, didn't vote before and. I mean, I mean, I don't even think this is a Republican or Democrat thing, right? I don't this is think not. So, yeah. This is not a pro or anti Donald Trump thing or a red no, blue state thing, right? I mean, not. this doesn't really. You don't really care. It transcends all po- politics. Um, right? It's just about the human being able to decide their belief system, their medical rights, and those I mean, are basic human needs. It's not even a religious thing or even a medical thing. I mean, is it a medical thing for you? Do you have a medical no, thing? No, no, I'm not claiming an, yeah. an exemption at all. I am claiming constitutional rights. Constitutional I'm fighting for rights. everyone. Yeah. And again, you are not this type of... No, young girl to go out there to pick up the you know to pick up the mantle. No, I've been very private about my beliefs. Yeah, because, I mean, you're not a Greta um, Thunberg, right? Out there and out there chanting everywhere, looking to no, meet with a lot of people, right? Like I said, very private about my beliefs. I went to a few freedom rallies before this happened, and I have been very quiet about my beliefs because my family, for the most part, doesn't align with it. My friends don't align with it, and I know that I will be ousted. And since becoming public about my beliefs, I was right. Yep. <laughs> my family, they I've gotten texts saying they no longer want to hang out with me. Your family? Yeah. I mean, I was trying to do something nice for someone, and they said, you know what? Never mind. I would rather stay away from you because of X, Y, and Z. I don't want to really get too into the details, but it was just they don't want to be around That's really anymore. sad, but I've gotten that same thing. I mean, this is... <laughs> Why can't they accept you for having a different opinion? I mean, it, I mean when yeah. it comes down to it, it's, it's really a difference of opinion. It's really not a health matter. Yeah. You are not putting people in danger by not wearing a mask out there. The masks really don't work. I'm not sure if you noticed this. I mean, if you're aware of this, but of, out of all the people here in Hawaii, um, I guess we, I think we have the highest mask wearing rate in the entire country, 99.8% or something like that. <laughs> it's close to 99.9. At one time, it was 99.9. And yet, we still went through four waves of COVID. It does absolutely nothing. And there's one stat that you do not hear from the Department of Health um, is that how many people who were infected with COVID were wearing masks? Yeah, probably all of them. I mean, just walking around public, people are wearing it everywhere. If it worked, we would not have this Omicron wave right now, right? (laughs) If it actually worked, right? You actually would see something. You would see a decline in numbers or not even a a rise in numbers. But yet here we go, right? And at the same time, I think a few days ago, the UK, I'm not sure if you're aware of this. They struck down all of their mandates, mask mandates, vaccine mandates, even vaccine passports. And they they said completely that it's completely both. Baloney, it doesn't work. We're sorry. And just go ahead and live your life. And I believe Oregon followed suit today. Oregon? Yeah. Usually Oregon. Yeah, usually we beat Oregon on things. So we're like, what? Liberal Oregon? (laughs) Yeah, that's what I heard. I mean Okay, we have to fact check that later on. I did did hear that at the protest, so I and I came right to this podcast from the protest, so we will fact check that one. Wow. Go ahead and look it up. Yeah, well we'll fact check that. (laughs) I'll put that in the you know I'll have to follow up with that. That's sad. If that's true. I know. I think we might be last, guys. Oh my god. You know the UK though, let's look at UK. How did they do that? They were rising up in the thousands against this. They were doing civil disobedience Mm -hmm. and Hawaii, I love Hawaii because we're so loving and 
but we just aren't doing the civil disobedience that we need to to knock down these mass mandates, to knock down all these mandates, the vaccine passports as well. And civil disobedience, being peaceful, knowing your rights, being calm, being that anchor of serenity and just saying, this is not right and I'm not going to stand for this. These are my rights and what I am allowed as a citizen of the United States of Hawaii. And I'm not going to let my rights be trampled any longer. So let's talk about a little bit more about your rights. I mean, when did this mentality kind of set forth? I know you drew the line on January 6th or 7th, right, in Bank of Hawaii. Uh, but did you have this mindset before you came back to Hawaii from van life, back to Hawaii? Or did you get this during van life? Or did you get this during while you're staying in California before COVID? I, I always knew it was BS. And it just really bugged me that I was being forced to do this. And I always knew that it was against my rights. I was mainly doing it to not embarrass other people around me. And like I said, 2022 hit and I was like, I'm going to do me and me does not want to wear this mask. So you were just sick and tired of it. That was it. That was your... <laughs> You just said, <laughs> yeah, and, I've had enough in Hawaii, and they, it's going to happen here, right? Yeah, and in Hawaii, they keep saying, oh, it's for the keiki, it's for the kapuna, you know, the kids and the grandparents. But if you talk to the kapuna, if you talk to the kids, there are many that do not want to wear the mask. So we cannot just put these groups of people on a pedestal and say they are all about the masks. That's just not true. That's not true. And there's many people who are in those groups who have conditions like how I talked about, you know, you have people who aren't able to wear a mask because of their mental state or their physical state. And we just can't lump them all together and say they all should be wearing a mask. I was just talking to a parent where she wasn't wearing a mask and her kid wasn't wearing a mask. Someone came up to her and asked them to put on a mask. The mom said, no, I'm not going to wear a mask. They pulled out a mask and went up to the kid and tried to put the mask on the kid and said, what? oh, okay, like the parent's not going to wear it, but let me try to put one on your kid. No, guys. What? No, this is oh not okay. Oh, my God. That's... <laughs> this is not okay. You cannot just go up to someone's you... child and put something on them and think that's And okay. they think that's okay. They think it's okay. They, they think, think they're okay. protecting the child. That was here in Hawaii. Yeah. Yeah. In Kailua or which area here? Because I, I don't know. I do not want to go there. Uh, <laughs> I don't know which area it was, <laughs> yeah, but she was telling me that story at the church by the airport the other day. So we'll just say it was on the Oh, island. my God. Oh, I've run into so many idiots here. I mean, I literally had someone chase me down on the freeway, drive up next to my car, roll down their window, and yell at me to tell me to put on a mask in my car <laughs> when I was actually alone. I thought what? my I thought my gas tank was open or my tr my trunk was open and she was just trying to be a really cool person. Whoa. She comes up to me and starts doing this thing with you know this motion to say I should wear a mask and I say what? I roll down my window. Like, What's going on? She goes, wear a mask. Wear. I'm like, what? I roll up my window. I'm alone in the car. Wow. Now she's in her car, you know, and she's wearing a mask. This was at the height of COVID. You missed out on all of this good like paranoia That's during crazy. during like your your van life trip. I'm very. Very, very jealous of that, by the way. Yeah, and maybe that's why I don't understand why yeah. people are so crazy. Because they've been living here and dealing with that for so long. And I had a break from all of that. Yeah, so we, you know, while you're while you're gone, I keep saying that while you're gone. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm just so jealous about that. Because, like, I, I would, you missed out on a lot of really great hell. So, <laughs> so uh, you know, they told us it was the lockdowns were only going to last for about two weeks. And they extended it to four weeks and they kept extending it and extending yeah. it and extending it and i took a trip through waikiki you know i ride a lot of bike and i, I bike through waikiki it was a, a complete ghost town 
I have never seen it before yeah, like I've that in my entire life. Yeah, I've seen pictures of the beach completely empty. Oh, it was, it was so crazy. It, was, it felt like living in a zombie apocalypse. Weird. I mean, Waikiki, there's no, not one tourist, not one local on the streets in Waikiki. So weird. Yeah, and we could bike around there because, again, they, they said that biking was a form of exercise and we could social distance from each, from each other, but we still had to wear a mask, but we didn't wear any masks. We thought that was really, really stupid. Yeah. This is when the mayor was out there saying, hey, you know what, go out there and jog while wearing a mask. None of this, what we yeah, know, are, is, is science-based at all. Uh, my last question for you is that where are you, where are you planning right now? I mean, I'm not going to hold you to this, right? Where are you planning to go with what happened to you on January 7th? I mean, are you planning to file a lawsuit against Bank of Hawaii other than just telling people to withdraw their money from Bank of Hawaii, which I am doing, by the oh, way. Oh, yeah, you did tell doing, me that. I, I think when I first mess- messaged you, I said, I am... Oh. I'm actually doing that. that I mean, You're going to follow through? I I'm, love I'm it. Going, I'm following through with that. Um, I'm going to be telling some of my other friends, too hard businessmen, get your money out of there. Get yes. your money out of there. Um, it's not right. It's completely not right. I'll tell my parents, too. You know, I really, I really will. Because this is like our freedoms right here. I mean, this is something that we should all stand up for. And if we don't stand together, and we, if we stand alone, if we just leave you out there to dry, yeah. then you're just going to get crucified. Yeah, I, I mean, it's so much easier to crucify one person, but if they can't crucify all of us, they yeah. can't tell everyone, hey, you know what? You, they can't cancel all of our accounts, right? Yeah. And if they do, they have no money. Yeah, this is their business. Their business is holding on to your money. And like you said, they're investing it. They're doing things with it behind oh, yeah. the scenes. So they can't treat us this way. We do need to band together. That's one of the issues is that we're not so organized. So this is a test pocket for all of us. Like, Let's go after Bank of Hawaii and show them, hey, they're saying that no one's ever complained before. Well, here's a really big complaint. It's all over social media. I'm talking to different podcasts. You know, thank you for having me on and sharing this story so that I can. And spread the word, like call and complain so that they can never, ever, ever say again, no one's ever complained about this. You can go into Bank of Hawaii without a mask and say, you know, Jane Galuzzi was discriminated against. I know she has a court case pending about this. And... I don't want to be the next person on that list. And I will say that people are going to Bank of Hawaii mass list a few days ago. Bank of Hawaii called the cops on someone for being a maskless customer. So there are more people who will be joining my suit. And if you're one of those people that's treated that way, please reach out to me. You can find me on Instagram, Jane Blue, J-A-N-E-B-L-U-E-E, and let me know and join us. All right. Well, thank you very much, Jane, for joining me on this podcast. I really, really appreciate it. And that's all for now. Hey, everyone. Hope you really enjoyed that interview. It was my first interview I had ever done in Barbecue to Movies. Learning more about Jane Galuzzi's story, who she is as a character, as a person. It was great. And if you think she sounded intelligent on my interview, on my unedited interview, you're right. This woman, her brain thinks at a million miles per hour, and she can articulate herself so well. She should be podcasting. I really think so. All right. Now, just a quick fact check. Um, Unfortunately, Oregon did not drop all of their mandates. They're not like the UK. They have not turned to the second Florida. Um, God, I wish they did. Because if a liberal state does something like that, you know what would happen to Hawaii, right? Because David Ige just follows whatever other liberal states do. Um, unfortunately, you still have to wear a mask when you walk indoors over in Oregon. Yep, they suck just as much as we do. Now, for the record, 
Now, I'm just going to say this. The amount of courage it takes to stand up to government tyranny, and this is what's happening right here, is huge. It takes a lot of courage to do what Jane has done. A lot of us talk the talk. I'm here on my podcast. I do a lot of talking. Uh, you know, I haven't worn my mask in Costco. I almost got kicked out. But, you know, a lot of times I still comply. I'm not as strong. I'm not as courageous as she is. My friends who, who complain, we're, we're constant complainers. But we also are still very compliant. We take a knee to government leaders. It's horrible. You know who stood up against government ty um, tyranny? Rosa Parks. Now, I don't want to take anything away. I don't want to take anything away from Rosa Parks, okay? And I think there'll be some correlations, and I may get attacked because I compare Jane Galuzzi to Rosa Parks. And you're, you're saying, oh, you know, Rosa Parks was all about uh, unfairness, uh, discrimination when it came to the, the color of her skin, making her sit in the back of the bus. Well, what happened to Jane Galuzzi was discrimination, not based upon her skin color, but her decision to not wear a mask. And by the way, there is no proof that masks work. None. So she was discriminated because she wanted to exercise her freedom to breathe. It's really as simple as that. And she stood up to government tyranny, government overreach. More of us have to do this. And more of us have to be courageous. The courage it takes to stand up against a government who we know will, again, go after you is huge. The reason why I don't do it very often is because I know that the government will probably try to come after me. And if I become, if I'm a huge person, like if I become more popular, they'll use the power of the IRS, the power of the CIA, the power of the FBI to do some really bad things to you. We see what they're doing to the insurrectionists, the quote-unquote insurrectionists, you know, who did nothing more than to walk into the Capitol, who, those who were invited into the Capitol, and they're being charged as though they're terrorists when they're not. They're being called domestic terrorists when they're not. Donald Trump became president. The, the liberal government used the FBI to spy on him, the CIA to go after him. They used the Russians to create a fake dossier to try to kick him out of office. If they can do that to the president, if they can frame uh, the protesters and frame them as insurrectionists on January 6th because they're just regular, regular people, they're not the president, if they can go after everyone, they can also go after Jane. And she knows that. And she's still standing up. Do you understand how much courage that takes? Do you understand why I'm fearful to do it? I am very fearful to do what Jane is doing. And that's why I say what she's doing is massive. Rosa Parks massive. And we have to all get behind her. And if we can, we all have to be like her. Because if we don't stand up against government overreach, you know, <laughs> the best is not to come. Only the worst. All right, everyone. That's it for today. I had fun podcasting. If you like what you hear, please share my podcast. 
If you can't find me, look on your favorite podcast platform and look for BBQ2 Movies. That's BBQ T.O. Movies. Yeah, the T.O. is not the number two, by the way. It is T.O., like Terrell Owens. So that's BBQ2 Movies. Catch you around.